is to stand up and talk for my rights. I know what that is. See? And I don't care who the guy is. Because my right is my right. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Ask the Lawyer with Brian Figaro, founder and senior partner at the law firm of Figaro & Associates. Mr. Figaro opened his private practice in downtown Brooklyn in 1996. He specializes in personal injury, immigration, matrimonial law, bankruptcy, and wills and estate planning with a strong emphasis on litigation matters. As the Lawyer features Brian's legal advice as he answers the listeners' questions and shares his insights in achieving your goals and objectives. Every week, As the Lawyer also features interviews and guests related to Mr. Figaro's interests outside the law. Guests and topics include health and wellness, the civil rights war, music production, writers, as well as international and local political and religious leaders. Wide-ranging, fun, informative radio. That's Ask the Lawyer with Brian Figaro. Ask the Lawyer any question you like via email at bfigeroux at msn.com. That is bfigaro at msn.com for legal advice regarding specific situations. Appointments at the office will be made when you call 855-768-8845. Again, 855-768-8845. Please note that submitting questions do not create an attorney-client relationship. This is Ask the Lawyer. You have questions? We've got the answers. Call us right now for a free, no-obligation legal consultation on absolutely any legal issues or concerns that you may have. The number to call, the number to share, and the number to keep is 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. Or you can visit us at www. Dot dot us. That's www.astalawyer.us. Mr. Figaro, I know you attended a few demonstrations. One of them in particular, you spoke about your pride in how our youth made very emotional, informative, and solution-oriented presentations that gave you hope for the future. Can you elaborate? Good day, good day, good day. Brian Figaro, Figaro and Associates, ask the lawyer. You got questions, we got answers, and please don't be shy to give us a call. Share this, you know, this opportunity for free consultations via phone with your friends, families, and those who may need any sort of legal assistance. Um, sharing is loving. And, you know, I attended several marches recently. Um, I have, you know, my office is overlooking the borough president's office in downtown Brooklyn. So various marches come there to meet me, and that's convenience. And I would go downstairs and listen to the speakers. Um, one of those marches, I, I, I shared my megaphones because I bought two of them recently. 
um, so that anyone, any group that comes and they don't have the proper, you know, um, means of having everyone in the audience hear them, you know, I would share with them. And one of those groups uh, was at the borough president's office and um, so youths ranging from 16, I would say, to probably 22, gave various presentations. Uh, they talked about, um, you know, the schools that they attend and the security that are at these schools. They spoke about the interactions with the uh, NYPD, and not always, obviously, the best of experiences. They spoke about segregated schools in New York City, whether it be, you know, elementary school, junior high, high school. And to a certain degree, there's segregation in the college from the point of view that, um, you know, people attend the same colleges and they don't really um, interact with each other. And that is a, a way of life that a lot of people have adjusted to, you know, throughout the decades. When we had Brown versus Board of Ed, the famous case with Fulgood Marshall, who fought for desegregation in America, um, they spoke about all the mental issues that people were facing because of separatism laws. And here we are almost a half a century afterwards, um, and the issue is the same. And obviously, we know George Floyd's death was obviously tragic. He cannot breed. But we know Gardner, he couldn't breed either. Um, you know, his sister is one of our clients here in the office, and you know, we have spoken about, obviously, her, her brother's death, and obviously a very tragic one for their family. But in New York City, you know, it took George Floyd in New York State for them to pass a law in Albany recently to ban chokeholds. And you, you think, okay, well, you know, the kids are talking about segregated schools. We spoke about this on this program already. Um, several times, and yet still we have a democratic mayor and a democratic governor who never really addressed the issue. So, you know, this is not a Republican issue, although the president, KKK, Russian Trump, um, tries to light fire, but the Democrats in New York State, they did nothing, and that's tragic. The governor hasn't done anything to desegregate um, New York City public schools, the, you know, the most segregated public school in the country, and taken away funding from the NYPD for, to give for social services, you know, it's kind of disturbing. Why did we in the first place overfund the NYPD? Why did we, you know, have the NYPD look like a military organization? Um, and we have to obviously take stock of all of this. Next year, 2021, is when there's 35 seats for the New York City con City Council available. And I'm hoping that these youths would participate in the democracy that we have here in New York City and get elected. 
because some of the older black and Hispanic folks, they seem to want to pander to the leadership here in New York City as opposed to challenge them to fund the Summer Youth Employment Pro Program, SYEP, Summer Youth Employment Program that gives black and Hispanic kids, thousands of them every year, the opportunity to work during the summer. We need programs like that not to be in jeopardy. We need more programs where the kids could interact with corporate America. J.P. Morgan and all those corporations on Wall Street, they don't hire our people, black and Hispanics. We need to see J.P. Morgan, Citibank, HSBC, TD Bank. We need to see more black and Latino off, um, jobs, not at entry-level positions where they just rotate people there, but also in jobs in middle management and management. So these banks on Wall Street, these large corporations, we need them to hire more black and Hispanics. We need Amazon to pay their frontline workers more money. We need to see a union at Amazon. We need to see a union at Walmart. We need to see a union at other retail establishments. We need to see college funds for those young people working at these institutions. We need the governor and the mayor to take that statue down at Columbus Circle. We don't need a Columbus statue here in New York State. Yes, it's an Italian hero for Italians, but, they are, but he's not a, a hero for Native Americans. He's not a hero for African Americans. He perpetuated slavery. He came here with slaves. Christopher Columbus is not a martyr or a hero for people of color. In fact, he is a destroyer like Pizarro and Cortez, these conquerors. We need to make changes, significant changes. And we don't blame present-day Italians for Christopher Columbus, but we could blame sons and daughters of Italy, the ones in Arizona who perpetuate anti-immigrant sentiments on that border down there. So everyone has to stick take stock, including the governor, including the mayor. So yes, you could celebrate your Italian, Italian heritage differently. We need significant changes, not token changes. When we turn on our TV, whether it be ABC, NBC, CBS, we need to see more broadcasters of color. We need the New York Times to hire more people of color. We need the Daily News, the New York Post, all of those newspaper organizations and media to have people of color. And not people of color who you're going to censor, but people who are, who are of color who could speak eloquently about our trials and tribulations. 
We need Rupert Murdoch, the most powerful newspaper, radio, TV media giant. We, needed, we need him to reform Fox. Because when I go to that channel, just to, and I shouldn't even go there, but you, you need to hear how they speak. It is consistent, consistently bad facts or no facts and racist commentary. We do not need Rupert Murdoch to make money by division, by war, creating war be between black people and white people. We need media that is going to represent what America should be, not a racist society, not a, a society that takes away from us. We need change, significant change. This is the time. There will not, not be another time. In order to really honor George Floyd, those changes have to be now. What we are compiling on our websites, diversity, inclusion, and equality, this is a nonprofit that we started this year, uh, just before the pandemic. Uh, through that nonprofit organization, Diversity, Inclusion, and Equality, DIE, DIE, um, what we're going to do is have information there, not only about how you implement diversity and inclusion, but also what changes have been made and what changes should be made. Thank you, Mr. Figaro. And you can visit nycmediatraining.org nycmediatraining.org where you can learn about diversity, inclusion, and equality. Remember, this is Ask the Lawyer. You have questions. We've got the answers. Call us right now for a free, no-obligation legal consultation on absolutely any legal issue or concern that you may have. The number to call, the number to share, and the number to keep is 855 Seven six eight 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 four five. That's eight five five seven six eight 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 four five. Or you can visit us at triple w dot astalawyer dot us. That's triple w dot astalawyer dot us. Hey New York, let's protect our children. Look for signs of multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. This is a new health condition associated with COVID-19. Seek care if your child has a persistent fever and any of these symptoms. Irritability, sluggishness, abdominal pain, diarrhea, vomiting, lack of appetite, red or pink eyes, red cracked lips, red tongue, swollen hands or feet, or a rash. If your child is severely ill, go to the emergency room or call 911 immediately. Does the thought of bankruptcy keep you up at night? The fear of losing your home, the harassing calls from creditors, your wages being garnished. How will you survive? What will you do? The law firm of Figueroa & Associates will protect you. Figueroa & Associates is one of the most sophisticated consumer bankruptcy law firms in the country, and they will fight to protect your rights. Have the peace of mind knowing that your case is being handled by experienced consumer bankruptcy attorneys. Don't let the bank take your home. 
there is a way out. Call the law firm of Figueroa & Associates today for a free consultation. 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. The law firm of Figueroa & Associates will explain all your options and help you decide the best course of action. Schedule your free consultation today. 855-768-8845 or visit 311bankruptcy.com. That's 855-768-8845 or visit 311bankruptcy.com and put those sleepless nights to bed. Every day, thousands of people get injured in accidents, many of which are due to someone else's negligence. The difference between getting the right compensation and getting nothing often starts with finding the right attorney. Call the law firm of Figaro & Associates. Their attorneys are experienced in the complex area of personal injury law. Get the right legal team that understands you. The consultation is free. No settlement, no fee. Let Figaro & Associates help you get compensated for your injuries. Call now. To schedule an appointment, call 1-855- 768-8845. That is 1-855-768-8845. Divorce, separation, support, custody. The common factor? They keep you up at night. Sleep well knowing that you have the law firm of Figaro and Associates on your side through this difficult time. Don't divorce your money. Don't divorce your children. Divorce your spouse. Whether it's a contested or uncontested divorce, the law firm of Figaro and Associates will guide you through every step of the process. From child custody to property and debt concerns, the law firm of Figaro and Associates has the experience and expertise in handling cases involving significant assets and complicated issues. A divorce can be one of the most unpleasant experiences a person ever has to go through. Don't do it alone. Stop the sleepless nights and call the law firm of Figaro and Associates, 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845 or visit 311divorce.com. That's 311divorce.com. At the law firm of Figaro and Associates, a divorce is not the end. It's a new beginning. Yes, this is Ask the Lawyer. You have questions, we've got the answers. Call us right now for a free, no-obligation legal consultation on absolutely any legal issue or concern that you may have. The number to call, the number to share, and the number to keep is 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. And you can call us on issues such as personal injury, did you slip and fall, Were you in an auto accident? Did you get hurt on the job? Wills, estate planning, landlord and tenant, taxes, real estate, small business, family law, child support, child custody, alimony, prenup, postnup, immigration, petitioning for a loved one, a family member, filing for citizenship with or without an arrest, getting your green card replaced or renewed. Welcome, everyone. We are joined by a very special guest, Congresswoman Yvette Clark, who is representing the 9th District in Brooklyn. Good to have you here with us again. It's wonderful to be back with you, Pearl. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So the big day is Tuesday, Tuesday, June the 23rd. Let's talk about that, why voters should re-elect you as the Congress representative, your views on immigration, affordable housing, voting, Black Lives Matter, let's hear it all. Wonderful. Well, let me just start by saying that I have been honored to represent the people of the 9th District of New York for the past seven sessions of Congress. You know, this is uh, the only home that I've 
truly know, which is the Ninth District of New York. So my parents are immigrants from the beautiful island nation of Jamaica, and I've uh, traveled extensively uh, to the Caribbean, of course, to uh, my, my parents' home of origin. Brooklyn, New York has been a place where my Caribbean values have been uh, reinforced, shaped. And so what I do for the people of this district is a labor of love, and my work is not done. You mentioned a number of issues, but I'm going to start with the COVID crisis mm -hmm. and how that has really impacted the work that I do in Washington, D.C. I serve as vice chairman of the Committee on Energy and Commerce in the House of Representatives, which is one of the most powerful committees in the House but it has the jurisdiction of health care within it. I've been tapped by the chairman of our committee to head up a task force on racial disparities. And that goes across the breadth and depth of the portfolio that we oversee in that committee, health care being one of them. Uh, what the COVID crisis has revealed across this nation, and particularly here in the epicenter of the outbreak of the virus is the, the healthcare disparities that have been with us uh, as a community uh, since we have come to these shores. And the lack of support and infrastructure in place that might have been helpful in terms of the outcomes, the level of mortality and morbidity uh, in our a community as a result of the pre-existing condition that many within our community unfortunately live under. Issues of um, housing crisis that lead to overcrowding, the inability to social distance, the fact that we are overwhelmingly represented in essential workers who have been the lifeline to our communities, but who have taken on an extra burden of risk mm -hmm. as a result of having to meet the needs of our community. So that's one area where my work is not done. I was fortunate enough, however, to bring resources to our community even prior to the pandemic that actually served as a lifeline, bringing over $200 million in a program called uh, One Brooklyn Healthcare Network, which helped to make sure that our hospitals did not close. Brookdale, Interfaith, Kingsbrook Jewish, our safety net hospitals where many of our workers uh, uh, work and many of our neighbors work rather. Uh, those hospitals were slated for closure. It was the work that I did in Washington DC to get to our governor, federal funding to save these hospitals that ultimately saved lives in our community. So I'm very proud of that work because, you know, as I said, this community is extremely near and dear to me and I go uh, above and beyond uh, to do everything within my power to protect and undergird this community. On the issue of housing, as you stated, no one uh, can drive through this community, the ninth District, and not recognize the injustice in housing that uh, is taking place. We know that there have been a lot of new housing development that exclude uh, those who are working class and have lived in this community for generations now. 
and that's due to something called the AMI. Uh, this is a formula used to determine affordability. That it is unrealistic, and I think intentionally structured to make sure that working class people can be displaced. Because what it does is it brings in the income of wealthier suburbs to into a formula that ultimately determine affordability. My bill, the Home Act, which has been critically acclaimed and which has caught the attention of the chairwoman of the uh, Financial Services Committee, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, would uh, reformulate the AMI to reduce affordability by over two-thirds so that our communities uh, would have access to affordable housing. And even beyond that, looking at uh, what we need to do in the Agency for Housing and Urban Development to do more to expand our investment in public housing. I have a bill called the Hardest Hit Housing Act that is now, again, a part of sort of the rebuilding process that our nation must undertake in order to really uh, come through this, this pandemic. This pandemic has revealed a number of uh, racial injustices and fault lines that have left our communities in such a vulnerable state. We are now in an excellent position to attack and address all of these issues from health care to housing. We ask people to stay at home. They must have homes to stay in. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why I believe that uh, my return to Washington will continue to yield dividends for the people of this district, being the only black woman in New York State's congressional delegation. And of course, being of Caribbean descent, my voice has been pivotal in those areas that impact our people the most. So, Congresswoman, I want to invite Ms. Sharon James, who is the Executive Director of Diversity, Inclusion, and Equality. So, let me bring her on. Shireen? Hi, good day. Absolutely. I'm Shireen. It's good to speak with you, Ms. Congresswoman Clark. How are it's you? Good to, to hear you too, Shireen. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, so my first question is that young people and a lot of minorities we're consistently being encouraged to vote but uh, when we do vote we do we feel that our votes don't bring any changes and we don't feel the any changes being made in um in congress and in our state so could you give any words of encouragement or explain to us how best how far does our votes go and how best um you know we can just come out in the great numbers to bring change. Sure, Serene. You know, I, I will tell you that as a young person, I understood that there was power in the vote and didn't miss any opportunity uh, to, to use my franchise. It, it, and, I, and I think that young people are underestimating their power in this moment and in, 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 in the, the trajectory of the movement of our community. We have to remember that uh, the, we, we have already demonstrated our power. And we did that with the election of President Barack Obama and the re-election of President Barack Obama. If young people did not come out and vote in such unprecedented numbers, 
we would not have had him as president of the United States. But we also have to recognize that we have divided government. And with that comes a certain amount of inertia that, uh, you know, makes it a struggle to reach the goals that we all want to. And I know that uh, as a young person, uh, the, the goal is to, to, to see immediate change and to fight for that immediate change. And I think that that is possible when across the nation we have young people represented in the electorate. In certain parts of the country, uh, you have to recognize that, again, you have um, individuals who suppress the vote, like we've seen in Georgia and Wisconsin and in uh, other parts of the country. We have to, therefore, stand up and come what may, go up against those who would uh, deny us our franchise. And the only way you do that is to consistently be in the fight, in the battle. If we throw up our hands and say, well, change is not going to come, we are basically giving our power over to those who don't share our values, those who have been working against the progress that we have been trying to make and that we are making as incremental as it may be. And I see this moment, quite frankly. Uh, you may have seen the press conferences taking place as a moment where uh, elected officials across this nation recognize that their time is up, that people want to see transformational change, particularly our millennials, our Gen Zers, um, and that without that, there is a day of reckoning that is right around this corner. And that's why you're seeing such rapid action taking place on the state um, on the national and the municipal level, particularly in dealing with the outrage that everyone has felt about the police brutality, the police murders, and everything that is taking place. That should demonstrate that you do have the power and that if that power of the streets is translated into exercising our right to vote, there is no way that we won't win this battle. The victory is certain. So I want to encourage young people in this moment. This is not the time to be cynical. This is the time to exercise your power. And in so doing, you're helping to deliver generations of people from the oppressive injustice that has plagued us for far too long. Thank you. Um, although, although I don't hope that the momentum doesn't die down, in the case in the event that it does probably die down, how can we still hold our elected officials accountable and have them bring swift changes like we've seen in the recent days? It's all about organizing. It's all about organizing. You uh, have the power to find people of like mind with the same agenda and objectives that you have. I will tell you, that I am constantly visited by young people in our district. They don't happen to have the same background as the Caribbean community, but they come with their demands. I remember sitting down with a group of young people who were organized through an organization called Indivisible, another group who uh, 
uh, and they, they have a progressive agenda. Another group called the Sunrise Movement, who have organized themselves around climate change. They sat down in my office with their demands. They wanted to know where I stood on the issues. I rarely see that type of organizing within the black community. And so I'm encouraging young people to take this opportunity to organize themselves. That, if you look at the history of how social movements have grown into political power, you see that through the young people that led the civil rights movement. People don't read enough history and recognize that Dr. Martin Luther King was in his mid to late 20s when he started the march for civil rights and civil and, and, and civil liberties. When he, he he was assassinated when he was in his 30s. So that's to tell you that you do have the power when you organize, when you mobilize, when you come into the offices of those who represent you with the demand for action, you then assume another level of leadership and power that make a big difference. Now, I know that, uh, for instance, the, the people of the 9th District of New York, the working community, uh, our, our communities of color, our immigrant population have not reached that level of organization yet. But I used our lived experiences as a motivation and inspiration for me to do what I know is in the best interest of our people. And that's why I led the Dreamer and Promise Act, original sponsor of a bill just pa passed out of the House this year, excuse me, last year that would provide a pathway to citizenship for our dreamers, our, our young people who are here and are in between status, who are under temporary protected status or under deferred enforced departure. These are things that I do because I know of the struggles of our people. I have been a leading voice on immigration because the immigration debate in Washington had looked specifically like the Latino population, and I knew it was important for the African descendant who was here and who is not only harmed by the fact that they're immigrants, but the fact that they are black. And I've used my voice as a black descendant of, African, uh, of Africans coming through the diaspora of the Caribbean to stand up and speak out and lead on comprehensive immigration reform. Without my voice in Washington, D.C., there would not have been that perspective that avoids uh, unintended consequences like people saying we need to get rid of a diversity visa. I stood against that, and we still have the diversity visa program in place. Like people who said, well, we need to eliminate the visas for family reunification. I, I said, under no circumstances could that ever happen because our families are still waiting to be reunited. We have applied for visas to bring our families together, and we have gone through a history of where our families have been separated. We don't know who our cousins, our aunts, our uncles are because during chattel slavery, we were dispersed around the, around the hemisphere. So I have taken 
that leadership position and taking it on my own. I'd love to have young people organized of African descent to speak to immigration, coming to Washington, D.C., coming to my office, challenging the status quo. And I think that's where your generation needs to move now. It's to organizing. And through organization comes power. Thank you. I, my next question pertains to your earlier topic on the COVID crisis. I just want to know, do you have any contingencies proposed to prevent a significant number of deaths like we've seen in our community in the impending second wave? Absolutely. We have already begun doing work in the Ninth District of New York to stand up a robust public health infrastructure. Over many years, it was left to the discretion of executives, executives meaning mayoral authorities or gubernatorial authorities to, um, to basically fund what we knew was already a systemic issue in our community, which are healthcare disparities. And our people not being linked to primary care and primary care physicians, and not really doing an educational campaign about why primary care and going to our doctors on a regular basis was the best thing that we could do for our health. I have convened a, a, a group of physicians, epidemiologists, and researchers of African descent that will be working with SUNY Downstate Medical School and School of Public Health, Medgar Evers College, and uh, Clara Barton High School. And that hub will essentially work to connect us with our federally qualified health care clinics, make sure that we are uh, insured, and begin that constant process of educating how we maintain our health. It was our vulnerability that made us so susceptible to the COVID crisis, making sure that when we are tested, those test results go to a primary care physician, that if we need isolation because we are unfortunately infected by the virus, that the uh, wraparound services for isolation from our families are, are in place to move people out of the household so they're not infecting their loved ones. We have already begun that process. We're fighting now to make sure that the funding is directed to stand up the infrastructure because all of the components are in place. We are working with the city's Department of Health and the Health and Hospitals Corporation to activate this so that if a second wave is to occur, we are prepared to help our people navigate through uh, this crisis, and on the other side of this, have a sustained public health infrastructure that enables our people to manage their health, to get the type of consultation and support they need, not only from a med medical perspective, but from a nutritional perspective. Because we know that uh, our diets have also uh, contributed to poor health outcomes, the lack of, um, of, of, of nutritious foods in many of our communities has made uh, our health uh, uh, a compromise. 
And so we're looking at all of those perspectives. And again, I stated that I'm vice chair of the committee that has jurisdiction for health care, and I'm using the ninth district as a laboratory for best practices so that we can uh, expand that to communities like ours uh, that that have felt the brunt of the loss of life and livelihood around the nation. Thank you. Thank you, Congresswoman Clark. So June the 23rd, let our listeners know why they should vote for you and also just give a brief message on Caribbean American Heritage Month. Absolutely. Let me, first of all, just thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to the listening audience. I just want all of my constituents in the 9th District to know that my work on your behalf is not done. We are in a transformational moment. I am now in the majority in the House of Representatives. And because you have sent me back to Washington, much power, prestige, and leadership in, the, in Washington, D.C. To throw all of that away at this stage to uh, bring someone on for on-the-job training when we are at the, uh, the, the brink of a breakthrough on all of the issues that have impacted us uh, would not be politically, uh, I think, astute. And, and our maturity as a community has now enabled us to wield the power that we need in Washington, D.C. It is critical that we come out and vote. And I'm asking for your vote and your support during Caribbean Heritage Month, as the only black woman, Jamaican-American, in the New York State Congressional Delegation, our lived experiences must be a part of the debate, the policy making, and the laws that govern us. And you have sent me to Washington to do just that. I've been focused and have been victorious in getting our perspective, our lived experiences baked into the work that we're doing in Washington, D.C. So as I uh, raise up Caribbean Heritage Month and thank this community for building such a welcoming place for all to come and all to envy, I encourage you to vote now, early voting is taking place, and to also make sure that if you don't vote between now and the 21st of early voting, that you vote on Election Day, June 23rd, Yvette D. Clark for Congress. God bless you. God keep you. Stay strong. Stay healthy. Stay blessed. And let us move forward to victory on June 23rd. Thank you, Congresswoman Yvette Clark, and we look forward to having you back again to talk about what you're going to be doing in your upcoming term. Thank you so much, Pearl. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. One love. One love. Hey, New York, let's protect our children. Look for signs of multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. This is a new health condition associated with COVID-19. Seek care if your child has a persistent fever and any of these symptoms, irritability, sluggishness, abdominal pain, diarrhea, vomiting, lack of appetite, 
red or pink eyes, red cracked lips, red tongue, swollen hands or feet, or a rash. If your child is severely ill, go to the emergency room or call 911 immediately. Do you need to do a deed transfer? Figaro and Associates would be happy to help. We would be glad to assist you with adding a spouse, family member, or partner to a deed, removing an individual from a deed, and transferring a deed from an individual to a corporation, LLC, or trust. We would also assist you with advice on whether a deed transfer would violate the terms of your mortgage, advice on the best way to take title, whether it's tenants in common, joint tenancy, or rights of survivorship. We would also advise you on the best type of deed to use. For a free consultation, call the law firm of Figaro and Associates at 855-768-8845. Again, 855-768-8845. Are you a landlord with a tenant from hell? Are you a tenant with a slump landlord? You have rights. Don't take matters in your own hands. Let us handle matters for you legally. Call the law firm of Figaro and Associates today for a free consultation. Call 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. Remember, the lawyer you hire does make a difference. Do you have a legal issue, question, or concern? Turn to Ask the Lawyer. You have questions? We've got answers. For a free consultation or to refer a client, visit www.askthelawyer.us. Again, www.askthelawyer.us. You can also register for our free paralegal program, Get legal news, business consults, or other information on educational issues. Yes, ask the lawyer. You have questions? We've got answers. For a free consultation or to refer a client, visit www.askthelawyer.us. Again, www.askthelawyer.us. Welcome everyone. We are joined by a very special guest, Assemblywoman Diana Richardson, who represents the 43rd District in Brooklyn. Good to have you here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. So let's talk about the election coming up on June the 23rd, the issues affecting the 43rd District, the work that you've done, and why you should be re-elected. The 43rd Assembly District encompasses the communities of Crown Heights, Prospect, Leftless Gardens, and East Flatbush. I've had the pleasure of representing this district for the last five years in the New York State Legislature. Let me just tell you plain and simple, representation matters. I'm a product of this neighborhood, born here, raised here, educated here. And so when I go to Albany and carry the issues, I have the spirit of the community in my heart and I ensure that it is in my action. In the five years that we've been here, one of the most pressing issues 
I would say has to be affordable housing on the housing forefront. Whether people know it or not, there is a lot of displacement happening in our communities. As a matter of fact, in Kings County, Brooklyn has the second highest concentration of evictions. Um, so we know that we need to ensure that we're keeping people in our homes. I'm proud that just last year in the New York State Legislature, we were able to pass the Homes and Stabilities Act. Um, and as we are seeing one year later today, we're down 40% evictions in our neighborhood, but there's still more work to do in terms of affordable housing creation, um, and as well as providing home ownership opportunities and protecting longtime homeowners from DFS um, and from predatory lending. So I definitely uh, would love to continue my work on the housing forefront. I uh, also want to share with you that as a part of Governor Cuomo's Vital Brooklyn Initiative, the 43rd Assembly District has the uh, you know, uh, most plot of lands that are going to be developed. And I just greenlighted my first project, Kingsbrook Estate, which is 100% of real affordable housing, meaning that the income levels of what it takes to get one of those units actually match the neighborhood residents, not who we're gentrifying our communities to bring in. Healthcare is a top issue for my agenda. Uh, my district is the healthcare hub of Central Brooklyn. So shout out to Kings County Hospital, SUNY Downstate Hospital, Kingsbrook Jewish Hospital. Uh, Brookdale Hospital, where I was born, as well as Interfaith Hospital, we have to ensure that the fiscal economics uh, matches what uh, our leaders say. And when I say that, it's nice for our governor to come on every day, and I do cheer him for carrying our state through this crisis um, and keeping us well activated and informed. But the New York State budget has to provide resources to our community on an ongoing basis. I would have everyone know that Medicaid was just cut um, in the middle of this pandemic, and so we need to ensure that we are keeping the pressure on them so that our hospitals are adequately equipped to handle whether it is a next wave of coronavirus or any other uh, illness that comes our way. You know, when we look at the African-American community, when we look at the com Caribbean community in which we represent, it was told to us that it is those pre-existing health conditions that made you more susceptible to coronavirus. Well, we have to understand why is it that we are more susceptible with those pre-existing health care um, conditions, and that is because there is a disparity in the health care system. An issue that is also to the forefront of my agenda is maternal mortality. Right now, African-American women and women of color are, um, you know, four times more likely to uh, die after having a child, which is supposed to be a joyous occasion for any family. Um, but the racism within the healthcare system is definitely something that we have to tackle, and I would love to continue to do the work on that. We are going to have to uplift our small business community, and we're also going to have to spur economic development in our community um, after this COVID-19, but let's face the facts. Prior to COVID-19, we had a 20% vacancy rate on our business trips, which we were definitely trying to save the mom and pop businesses. And so definitely we have to do something about the rent on the commercial strips, but also find lending and um, other opportunities for small entrepreneurs and businesses who have creative ideas to um, ensure that they are able to elevate um, and come to the forefront when we get through um, these phases of opening. Um, and so uh, I, I serve with my, my heart and my soul when I'm in this position. You know, this is a Shirley Chisholm district, and shout out to Congresswoman Yvette Clark. I know you had her on here earlier today. You know, Shirley Chisholm was unbought and unbossed, and because she led the way, I can stand here to be unapologetic and unafraid. 
and I, I, I carry the spirit of this community with me um, in every single thing that I do. Um, I'm authentic. I'm honest. To meet me is to know how you hear my voice and you hear me speak is who I am. Um, and I'm just asking for everybody to mobilize to the polls this election day. I know that um, we are afraid for our health, but we have to understand that some folks are trying to use the auspice of COVID to pull electoral politics on our community uh, because they understand that you are sheltering in place. Um, but I need people to mobilize to the polls. And so if you need to look up your poll site, you can go on to the poll site locator on the New York City Board of uh, Elections website to find that information and or uh, folks can reach out to me by email at www.dianarichardson.net to follow up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, um, Assemblywoman Richardson, and good luck on June the 23rd, and we look forward to having you back again in your new tomb. Thank you. You're very welcome. Do you have a legal issue, question, or concern? Turn to Ask the Lawyer. You have questions? We've got answers. For a free consultation or to refer a client, visit www.askthelawyer.us. Again, www.askthelawyer.us. You can also register for our free paralegal program, get legal news, business consults, or other information on educational issues. Yes, Ask the Lawyer. You have questions? We've got answers. For a free consultation or to refer a client, visit www.askthelawyer.us. Again, www.askthelawyer.us. You can divorce your spouse, but not the debts that you are jointly responsible for. Good day. My name is Brian Figaro of Figaro Associates. I hope that this presentation on divorce and bankruptcy is helpful. But remember, you should hire an attorney. Because so many people going through divorce are under financial stress, they often think about the possibility of bankruptcy as a way to get control of everything. If you are thinking about bankruptcy, or more importantly, if your spouse is thinking about it, you are smart to pay attention to this information because the way you word your divorce settlement can have a lot to do with how the bankruptcy affects your divorce and vice versa. You can divorce your spouse, but you cannot divorce your debts. Spouses, for the most part, are responsible for each other's debts. The courts can divide the debts of the marriage using the rules of equitable distribution, but the creditors do not have to recognize the matrimonial court's decision. If the marital debts are overwhelming and you fall under the guidelines of the bankruptcy means test, then a joint bankruptcy filing with your spouse may be your best option. Another solution is placing a lien on your ex-spouse's property until their share of debts are paid, thus safeguarding yourself from paying the ex's debts without recourse. Some debts are not dischargeable in bankruptcy filing such as alimony and child support. If you need additional information about this topic, please call Figueroa Associates at 718-834-0190. Again, 
1-800-834-0190. You can also visit our website at www.falaw.us. Again, www.falaw.us. Thank you for listening. And this is where we come towards the end of our show. We want to thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you have the opportunity for free, no obligation legal consultation on absolutely any legal issue or concern that you may have. The number to call, the number to share, and the number to keep is 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. And you can also visit us at www.askthelawyer.us. That's www.askthelawyer.us. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, biological and otherwise. Also, June is Caribbean American Month, and number 45 in his proclamation is giving praise to a baseball Puerto Rican player. There are so many Caribbean Americans who have such great achievements, and um, he could have just chosen Bob Marley. But hey, it's Caribbean American Month. We have lots to be proud of, lots to celebrate. And remember that you can go to cawnyc.com, that's cawnyc.com, where you can participate in the census. It only takes 10 minutes. It's very important. And you can read the latest issue of Caribbean American Weekly. The big story, the United States can't breathe. Be happy, stay well, be safe.